This is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Want to live that Fit Bottom life that's free of dieting today, tomorrow, and every day of your life? Take the first step by signing up for our free five-day Fit Bottom Reset email course at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash email. A happier and healthier you awaits. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hey. And we have FBG Kristen. Hello. And guys, we're getting all blingy today. We have Vanessa Leanne on the show today. So one of you talk about how you met Vanessa and what her jam is. Sure. Yeah, we met her last summer when Jen and I um, were at the 109 retreat in New York. And she was she was there to run a workshop um, along with Sharin, who I think she was episode 99. We talked to her a little while ago. And they really talked about finding a mantra that is meaningful to you. And then because Vanessa is is a jeweler, she then helped us kind of take those mantras and make them really nice and concise or find an acronym for it and then put them on these little, these pinky rings that are really beautiful and lovely and um, they're you know, if you picture like the pinky ring that you see on like the, like the businessy dudes, um, that are, you know, really large and, and, but you see them as sort of a power thing. These are very small and delicate. And, um, that's sort of the idea is that they're like delicate armor. It's this, this piece that you can wear and it kind of goes with everything, but it's a reminder of the mantra that's important to you and helps you kind of stay true to, to who you are and what you want to be doing. And what do your pinky rings say? You both have a pinky ring. We do. Yeah. Mine says L-I-B-E, which stands for let it be easy, because I am a big fan of things be easy when they can be. Libe. Yep. Which we Libe talked about in um, the Daniel Laporte interviews, too. That's yep. right. Part one, part two. Yeah, we're like, hey, we liked your phrase, let it be easy so much that we we made it an acronym. And <laughs> now Kristen wears it around all day, and I have it on art in my office. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Mine is, yeah, it's beautiful art. Made with love. Mine is depth, which is a word that previous to this retreat, I had, I had, it wasn't like my word or anything. It wasn't my thing, um, but it really kind of emerged in some of the workshops and things that we were doing at the time. It was a really cool event that I wanted to remember it. Um, and it was depth in, it kind of had like a twofold meaning one was a depth in relationships with other people you know to kind of go to the vulnerable vulnerable places ask for support you know go not that i miss super into small talk or anything but you know go deeper with the people that you really really care about so and for me to be brave to go deep because sometimes that that stuff is scary so have depth there and then also i think for myself and my body a lot of times I will get up in my head and kind of overthink things and, you know, 
obsess about things, to be honest, um, or worry. And depth for me as a personal call to go to sink a little bit farther um, into my body, more into my heart and kind of settle down and check in there instead of just kind of like, you know, having the monkey mind. So it's depth of, it's depth of soul. Whoa, that is and deep. Those, yeah. I, I, think about, I, ta- I, look, I cried that entire retreat, didn't I, Kristen? You did. <laughs> this is accurate. Kristen did not shed a tear. No, but I... Like I felt emotions. You did. And you hugged people. I did. I hugged people. I made eye contact. It was great. Yeah. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I know that both Vanessa and Sharin do, you know, they do workshops and things occasionally, largely in New York, but sometimes around. So, you know, we'll have, we'll have Vanessa's website in the show notes. So if you're like, oh, that sounds like something really cool that I'd either like to go to, or maybe plan as like, something that you would want to do with a group of friends or, you know, colleagues or whatever, you know, I, I'm sure that that's a possibility. She also yeah. sells them just if you and, want to do your own thing, but, yeah. um, but she does a whole bunch of other jewelry and oh, she yeah. talks about it. Hey, Margo, yeah. not to put you on the spot, but Hey, I'll put you on the spot. What, what, yes. what mantra, what word do you think you'd put on your pinky ring? I think I would put trust mm-hmm. and kind of like trust in myself and trust in the future. I think like trust that things will work out, trust your judgment, trust your gut. I'm thinking that the whole time you guys are talking, I barely even heard what you just said. Cause all of a sudden I'm like, Ooh, what would I put on my pinky ring? So <laughs> I think it would be yeah. trust. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and this is a, re- a good interview guys. I believe we just had a little bit of a scratching sound in a little part of it, but just ignore that. It's a, it's a fun interview. Vanessa is just adorable and she's sweet. And it's just really good. Like I said, it's a great interview. And you know what else is great? You guys. <gasps> stickers stickers <laughs> what's also great you don't have to spend any money at all stickers you can just send us an email podcast at fitbottomgirls.com and we'll send you a sticker we'll send you a sticker that you could just slap on your thermos or your laptop or wherever you put your stickers you crazy people so just send us an email by podcast excuse me at fitbottomgirls.com follow us on all of the social medias at fitbottomgirls and also if you please if you leave a review in itunes a five-star review in apple podcast slash itunes we will read it on the air and please tell a friend about the show and we're really excited to talk about jewelry with vanessa leanne Reset your mind, body, and soul to be a little bit more fit-bottomed in our free five-day Fit-Bottom Reset email course. Sign up at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash email now. Vanessa Leanne Jewelry is everyday delicate armor meant to empower the women who wear it. Train as a fine goldsmith, each piece by Vanessa is hand-forged with love and care and attention by her at her Brooklyn studio. Using recycled metals, and ethically sourced stones, the palpable craftsmanship of her work is infused in her collection and can be seen and felt in every piece. Her jewelry has been featured on the cover of Vogue, InStyle, Cosmopolitan, and also featured in Refinery29, New York Times, Martha Stewart Weddings, and many more. Vanessa Leanne Jewelry is a favorite of celebrities and cool girls alike. Welcome to the show, Vanessa. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being on the show today. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hello. And we have FBG Kristen. Hey. 
And I'm going to ask you the first question. Hello, my fellow Brooklynite. <laughs> uh, tell us about your jewelry company. Please tell us what the standard practices of it. And have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Well, yes. I guess I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but mostly I've always wanted to be a jewelry designer. So from a very young age, I always just loved jewelry. I can remember like what all of my parents' jewelry was, like all their, my parents' friends would come over and I can remember like all the jewelry each of them wore. So like better than faces or like people's names, I can remember jewelry. So um, it was something that I was always fascinated by and really uh, wanted to pursue. And so my jewelry line is called Vanessa Leanne Jewelry. And I also call it Delicate Armor because for me, jewelry is something that I feel like can really empower you and really can say something about your style or who you are. And I think that jewelry can be a, a really an expression um, of yourself. And so um, I feel like watching adults as a child and like how their jewelry moved and the jewelry that they wore really inspired me. And um, now I love making jewelry that hopefully um, empowers people when they wear it. And so um, all my jewelry is, is handmade here in Brooklyn, New York. I actually don't use any CAD, which is computer automated design. I make each piece by hand. So I either fabricate it using metal and soldering, or I carve pieces out of uh, wax using like the lost wax and casting method. So carving out of wax kind of like a sculpture. So I feel like each piece is a little work of art and it's made, you know, t to feel really special and unique. And I do also a lot of alternative bridal. So that part of my business is also really fulfilling, you know, making rings that are different, but also feel really unique and, and personal. Uh, so when I work with clients to make an engagement ring, you know, we talk about uh, usually the bride's style, you know, what she does for work, what she's into, and then try to also incorporate some sort of heirloom pieces. So I recently made uh, a custom engagement ring for a woman who loved, uh, I work a lot with a lot of Montana sapphires. So I made one with a Montana sapphire. And then her boyfriend at the time wanted to incorporate something that was sort of a nod to her family and their uh, Persian. So we added like a little Persian turquoise that I set on the inside of the band. So something that really, you know, makes her feel like he really knows her and and really gets her and so that's sort of like the the jewelry that I try to make when when someone gets a piece of mine they're like oh my god it's so me that really um is fulfilling for me and then I also have another side of my work that I created fairly recently about a year ago I started creating these rings that I call signet mantra rings and the idea is they're, they're pinky rings, which I've always loved the look of pinky rings. Like I feel like women who wear pinky rings are so elegant and it's kind of bold and it's a very like, um, old fashioned design. You know, it's usually been worn by like kings and, and it was sort of like a, a male sort of style, but I wanted to flip it on its head and make it more, I do it for men as well, but the idea for me was like to have these more dainty pinky signet rings that were worn by women. And instead of doing like the initials or a coat of arms to have something even more personal and to have something that was really uh, deeply empowering. So the idea was to put a personal mantra engraved on the signet ring and then have that worn every day. So, you know, when you're 
rushing around and forgetting to really be mindful and thoughtful. You you know, you see your mantra right on your hand and you look down on it and sort of sort of be this like talisman. And, you know, I was I was making these rings and women were creating their own mantras and it was amazing. And then I had a lot of clients that wanted to wear signet rings because they didn't know what a mantra was or how to create one. And then um, I created a workshop around it. So now I do uh, a workshop I call Wear Your Mantra where I help, you know, I pair with different um, life coaches or people in the wellness sphere. We help you uh, create a personal mantra that you can then um, engrave on the ring. And fun fact, that's how we actually know <laughs> Vanessa is because we were at one of these Wear Your Mantra workshops with her and Sharin, who we've also yeah. had on the podcast, which is so cool. And we really wanted to have you on the show because you, we had such cool, you know, such cool conversations with you about mantras and your and your whole belief, you know, behind jewelry. Because I think for, you know, a lot of us, like myself included, I I don't tend to like spend money on jewelry. I have like some piece, pieces, quote unquote, from Target. Yeah. And then, you know, I have your lovely pinky ring um, with my mantra on it. And I have like my wedding ring, you know, and those are the ones that kind of bring me joy. But it made me, you know, really kind of see you in a whole new way. And you had such a, a strong passion for it. I was really curious, um, and I think we're going to get into a whole bunch more of everything you talked about, but I'd love to know more about, you know, your creative process mm. and where your ideas come from and how you continue to stay inspired. It's a great question. It's one I've thought about a lot because I do get asked where, you know, what inspires me and where my ideas come from. And the honest truth is sometimes I don't know. <laughs> And I go back and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, I saw this piece of texture. I saw this, you know, log or like uh, a piece of bark that had a cool texture on it. But my um, my inspiration really comes from lots of different pieces. And I feel like almost it just comes through me. And oftentimes it's like when I'm in a quiet space, like before I fall asleep, I'll come up with a design or, you know, when I'm just like totally relaxed you know, sometimes in Shavasana when I'm supposed to be not thinking, it's very relaxing for me to just let my mind go. And that's for me when I get my most um, inspired ideas. And then because I do hand make all my pieces, I feel like a lot of the process is actually in the making. So I love texture and I love showing the artist's hand in my work. And so, you know, oftentimes I'll have sort of an idea and do some sketches but I feel like it really takes shape and form when I'm actually making it because I will, you know, sometimes it will be a mistake I made and I'm like, oh, that actually is cooler or the idea I had doesn't quite work structurally or, you know, I just like make these slight little augmentations, which because I'm working on such a small scale can make a, a big difference. So a lot of times the design will be changed in the actual uh, making process, which is why for me, you know, making it each one by hand is is a sacred part of, of my work. And then I also, you know, nature is a huge inspiration for me. I'm, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. So like being, I was recently just back home and like being in the forest with these like very large trees, um, you know, in the rainforest, it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to, you know, take this leaf and make it. But sometimes it's like the way the bark is, is moving or like the flow of a certain, you know, piece of driftwood or some stuff like that. Like I feel like those shapes 
and textures get like imprinted into my mind and then they often come through my work. So I, I feel like my work is pretty organic, but I don't like it to be representational. Like I don't usually do like a leaf or like anything that sort of like looks like nature, but I feel like my work has a lot of, of natural sort of like elements and flows and I have a ring that's like inspired by like the, the sand ripple. So like just that like flow um, is something that I often find like comes out in my work. So I know that's like sort of vague, but for me, you know, design is design and inspiration is something that I found really hard to communicate verbally because it's, it's not a, it's, it doesn't have words. Like I know how it feels and I know how it comes through, but it's hard to sort of give words to it. So I hope that's not too confusing, but. Nope. That makes sense. Yeah. So I really, like, I love handmade jewelry and um, my husband has always been really good about when he's gone on like a business trip somewhere where I don't get to go along, he'll make a point to try to find like a local artist and and pick up something and it's you know it doesn't have to be like a a super expensive thing it's just something like meaningful and maybe representative of of the area mm-hmm. of, and, and bring it back which i i've loved so I, I was wondering do you have any advice for people if they are looking to purchase a gift uh you know some jewelry for somebody you know what are some ways that that you might recommend that they find out from the person they're getting this for like how to make it, how to choose the right piece for them. Because I know that you, you, I really loved how you talked about how you um, instill meaning in some of the custom bridal stuff. But aside from just looking at something and being like, Ooh, that reminds me of Jen. Right. What else might you recommend for people? That's a great question. So I think it's just being very thoughtful and then also really taking some time to look at, you know, what that person wears and what their style is. And like, do they wear yellow gold or white metals or do they like dangly earrings? Like stuff like that, that seems like quite obvious, but sometimes we like forget to really, I think sometimes with like our partners when we see them every day, we forget to really like look at what they are actually wearing and what they're actually dressing like. And so I think that's important to just be really like conscious of that. That being said, I do find sometimes with men, they'll like buy a piece because their wife or girlfriend has that piece, which like, they're like, oh, she has your things like that. I'm like, okay, but that doesn't mean she like needs another pair, you know? So it's like a balance between just getting the same thing that she always has and also something that complements her. And that being said, I think jewelry is also just something that's really special and meaningful and you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be the perfect piece, but it reminds you of a place or of a time. And, you know, it can be maybe not totally the perfect fit, but, you know, it's it's a piece that is, you know, evocative of that place that somebody was. Or So I think jewelry has, like, meaning all on its own. And then, you know, Further than that, you know, knowing ring sizes, knowing how many ear piercings, like stuff like that, I think can really help. But, you know, gift giving is hard. And it's just like, you know, if there's a piece you're like, oh, my God, that totally reminds me of Jen or like I can totally see Jen wearing that. You just kind of have to take a leap of faith. So, you know, some people are more talented, I think, at that than others. But I think, you know, just really trying to be conscious of like some of the details of of what your partner or the person you're buying the gift for 
wares. And then, you know, I, I, when I do gift giving, I also like to try to take a bit of a risk. So like if someone doesn't really wear big earrings, but I know these like larger hoops would look great on them and they're light and they're comfortable. Sometimes I'll just like go on a limb be like, I know you would never wear something like this, but I think it would be great for you. Like just try it. And often, you know, then that's the like the hoops they wear every day. So it's a tricky, that's a hard question, but um, hopefully that's sort of an answer. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's such good advice to like when you know somebody quite well to encourage them to try something new mm-hmm. um, because we're so used to seeing ourselves exactly the way that we look all the time that it can be really hard to branch out into something else. Even if you think like, oh yeah, I love that, but it, it looks good on other people, not me. Sometimes it's really just a matter of, you know, not being used to seeing yourself with big earrings. So if you give that sort of thing a chance, like I talk about that a lot with, uh, with my friends with sunglasses and I'm like, yeah, I mean, sure. It looks weird because you've always been wearing aviators. So, you know, take this pair that I've got, try them for a couple of days, look at yourself in the mirror and see, see if it changes the way you feel about it. And I mean, I would say nine times out of 10, once they kind of aren't so shocked by seeing themselves looking a little different, they, they end up liking it if it's something that they liked on other people. So I, totally. I think yeah, I think it's really interesting because sometimes people be like, oh, I love that, but I can't pull it off. Or like, yeah. I can't wear big earrings. I can't wear that that big ring or like, and it's like, why not? Like, that's just what you're telling yourself to be true. But like, you know, I'm always like, just try it on, you know, like, I feel like sometimes people feel like, oh, you know, cause like, it will draw too much attention to me or they have like all these beliefs around what they can and can't wear and, you know, what that says about them. And sometimes I feel like, I think that's why jewelry can be so empowering sometimes because you put on, you know, a bigger pair of earrings or, you know, a bigger ring or something that sort of, you know, either you got that job or like something that like was really empowering or it was passed down. So it has that sort of meaning. But also I think if it's a piece that like makes you feel cool and bold and is some somewhat out of your comfort zone, I feel like that so many times I've encouraged people to just give something a try that they wouldn't normally. And you know, they feel great about themselves because it's the reason they don't think they can do it is because they just didn't have the confidence. But the truth is that they can pull it off. You can pull off whatever you want to, you know. So I want to go back to the I Wear Your Mantra workshops. Okay. And so tell us, you know, how has this transformed your life? You've only been doing this for a little over a year now. Can you tell us, like, how how has your life changed since you started holding these workshops? So... It's been such a transformative, beautiful um, addition to my work and my life. Um, I had the idea a, a while back, but um, I feel like over the last year, I've really honed in on what it is. And honestly, you know, doing the first couple workshops and having these women come in and usually nobody knows each other and everyone's wearing their masks and, you know, just sort of like, a little weary, like maybe haven't really done meditation before, doesn't really know what a mantra is, like everyone's sort of like a little on edge. And then, you know, we do these beautiful workshops. And at the end, it's like, everybody is so open, and they've shared so much personal information. And, and it's not necessarily like, you know, gossip personal information, but just like what they're really dealing with. And I feel like the empathy and compassion that is created in that space is so beautiful and so empowering. I didn't realize really the sharing component, how 
empowering that is for everybody there and for me included. You know, you think we all look at each other and compare or like think that, you know, the other person has it better or like the grass is greener. But, you know, the truth is everybody has their own stuff that they're dealing with. And like, it's just sometimes a different color or a different thing. And you really don't know what's going on with anybody else. And so, you know, taking this time, not only to tap into your own intuition and um, really get in touch with what's going on for you to sort of be in a space where you can sort of get a little glimpse of what's going on for other people, I think can be really uh, beautiful and empowering. And for me, you know, the last year with things that are going on in the world and, you know, things in my own life, just to create this space for, and, you know, we we want to do more with men as well, but it's been mostly for women and just to create this space of safety and, and openness and sharing has been something that's so truly fulfilling for me. And then, you know, to also create these rings. So, you know, I love making jewelry. I think it can be super empowering and, and, and meaningful, but to really know what someone's mantra is and what it's about and what it means for them. And then while I'm making it, you know, it's so meaningful to me and so fulfilling to know that like this ring means special thing to them or it's going to make them feel braver or, you know, I've unfortunately had a lot of customers, you know, that are sick or battling cancer or battling something and they will order a ring and they'll put something like alive or strength or, you know, something like that on it and they will tell me about it. And for me, that's just like so fulfilling to be able to to do that work. And then sometimes, you know, clients will email me and they don't, you know, they don't know what their mantra is and they're sort of like... I had one one customer who, you know, had just recently had a recovery and she was thinking she wanted to put like something about, you know, free of cancer or something like that on her ring. And then she was like, no, I don't think that's right. I want this to last forever. And so we kind of like worked through it together. And I was like, yeah, let's put something about like how amazing you are that you have been able to overcome this and something that makes you that you'll carry through like, you know, the sickness is over. So like, let's put something on it that's you know, makes, reminds you of how brave and strong and amazing you are. And so she ended up with like the Latin word for strength. And I think it was like, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but like, oh, or something. Uh, and that was really cool to like go through that process with her and then create something that is going to sort of like be an heirloom for her. Um, that yeah, you know, is a reminder of that time, but also a reminder of how amazingly strong she is opposed to like, that she was sick. Are there any other mantras that, that you've had that you've just been like, whoa, you know, that just like really stand out as unique or interesting or just different? Um, or yeah, is there one that just like comes up all the time? <laughs> well, so my mantra is WTF and that is my most popular mantra. So that's the one that I put on my original signet ring because for me that was like, you know, an, I'm an entrepreneur, I live in New York, dating, like life is always up and down and crazy and good and bad. And, you know, there's like highs and lows. And so I find myself being like, what the fuck all the time. And usually it's, you know, a good thing. Like, I can't believe this opportunity came my way or I can't believe that happened. Or And so that for me was like a mantra that was sort of lighthearted, but also like, 
for me shows like the amount of work and the amount of grit I put into things and also to take things a little lighthearted and also that you really don't know what's going to happen. So like kind of don't sit in, in the bad part, but like just keep moving forward. So that WTF is probably my most, you know, popular one. And I had no idea it would resonate as much as it has um, with my customer, which, which is really cool. And then so the other one that was, I mean, there's been a, there's been so many, like, I feel like I could write you guys a list of all the amazing, I mean, that's like how the workshop happened because women were writing me with these mantras that I was like, this is so cool. Like a lot of them are like, you know, I don't know if you can curse on your podcast, but a lot of them have the F word in it, but you know, it's like, don't give an F. And then Lena Dunham actually got one that was, I, can I say, can I curse on your podcast or no? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a warning. Okay, just yeah. a warning. Selena Dunham got down to fuck, which I was like, okay. But then she wrote this whole thing about how, you know, she's down to fuck with feminism and art and activism and supporting artists and supporting women. And just like, you know, it ended up being a super empowering mantra. And so that also became a popular one that was, you know, it's like a little bit more bold. And then there are beautiful ones that like Lux, which is Latin for light, or also more like uplifting or calm is one that I actually really love because I just like the word calm almost like makes you feel calm when you just see it. So I think it's really cool because words can be incredibly powerful, especially when they um, hold meaning for you. You know, when they come from you, a word I think can be incredibly empowering. Yeah, I think it's it's great to remember that like, it doesn't always have to be super serious, you know, and like a lot of things can hold meaning like that. So you mentioned Lena Dunham. And so, I mean, you really had quite a few celebrities wearing your jewelry. And if I'm not mistaken, Katy Perry wore your jewelry on the cover of Vogue. Is that, I mean, true. Yes. (laughs) So what is that like? Like, what does that, what does that feel like to you? That was very cool. So that was pretty early on when I started my collection. That was sort of, yeah, surreal situation where um, I had a meeting with Vogue and um, they had like some pieces. And, you know, that was like before I had fully gone on to start my business full time. So I was still working. You know, my background is as a goldsmith. So I was working as a goldsmith. And I remember I was like at the bench at work. Um, and I was doing my, you know, my own line sort of part time. And they emailed me and said, oh, they need like information um, about the pieces they were using in the magazine. And I was like, kind of confused. And then honestly, I didn't know I got the cover until I was like at my grocery store. I was like living at the East Village. And I remember I like saw the magazine and I was like, oh, my God, that's my ring. Um, so I knew they had used it in the spread, but. Yeah, I remember I was like, <laughs> I went up to like the cashier. I was like, that's my ring. And she was like, are you going to buy that? And I was like, yes, I'm going to buy that. But um, I was like so excited. could not care less because New York is awesome like that. But yeah, so that was a very, that was a very cool opportunity. And, um, you know, to be just starting my line and have that was uh, yeah, kind of unbelievable. And yeah, and I've been very lucky. Like I have, you know, a really um, awesome celebrity following and it's nice because it's all very authentic. You know, I don't pay for any celebrity spots or do anything like that. Um, I have just had the opportunity that celebrities have, you know, bought it and, and like it. And, um, then sometimes, you know, I've 
created relationships with them. Yeah, that's been it's been pretty cool. But for me, truthfully, like the real people that wear my work, that for me is the most fulfilling. Like it's very cool when like, you know, Florence of the Machine wears a signet ring and Lord wears a signet ring. And, you know, there's there's some pretty like iconic sort of like uh, celebrities that I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like I really look up to them. But, you know, real women that wear my work is is for me is the best. That is so cool. And what a great perspective. I mean, all these amazing people have it, but you still really are, are more jazzed about regular peeps like us wearing your, your jewelry. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you. I mean, and I don't know if there's a, there's one solid answer, but what is kind of like an average day like, like with, with workouts or with working and, you know, what is your average day like? What is it like to be Vanessa? Oh, such a good question. Um, so it's always different, which is <laughs> kind of fun. I do try to, you know, keep sort of an active element. I mean, I'm running around a lot during the day, but I do try to take some time to either go to the gym or do a yoga class at least like three times a week. Um, and then when we were at that workshop upstate, you guys really inspired me to do some more some more gym activity because it doesn't have to take that long. I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh my God, it's going to take me like an hour to get to the gym, an hour to do the gym, an hour to get home. And it's like a four hour event. So um, it's also nice to know that you can sort of like get a lot done in 20 minutes at home. That was very helpful. But so my average day, I usually wake up. I sometimes annoy people, but I don't set an alarm. I try to just wake up naturally because I feel like that's just sort of the best way for me to start my day. So usually I get up around 7.30 or 8.00. I'll have coffee, I'll do some emails, I, I will, you know, work on whatever is the most pressing. Um, and then I head to my studio. So my studio is also in Brooklyn. It's about four blocks away. And it's in this uh, old factory building. So it's, uh, it's all artists that are in this building. And it's um, owned by one woman. And it was an old candy factory. And so, you know, it's also a very inspiring space because it's like has these beautiful tin walls and um, just like a lot of texture and a lot of character. And so um, I really love the space in my studio. So usually I will go there in the morning and do whatever sort of like jewelry work is, is needed for the day. So, you know, I might be working on a ring or um, a new piece or something like that. I usually try to carve out some time to work on the bench. And then after that, it really depends like what meetings I have or um, oftentimes I have to go to the jewelry district, which is in Manhattan. So I'll do that. So that's where I source all of my stones. So everything in my collection is is sourced as sustainably and ethically as possible. So I work with very specific vendors um, that I've worked with for a long time and have a relationship with. Um, and that's where I get my stones. So if I'm looking, you know, for a stone for a client or a new piece, I will usually go and meet with a couple different vendors and see what they have. And then I also do my casting up there as well. So I'll have meetings with my caster. So I do sort of like a whole um, diamond district portion. And that's usually the end of the day. And then after that, I will try to do like a yoga class or go to the gym. And then depending on what evening activities I have, you know, uh, dinner meetings or social dinners, or I'll just come home and make myself dinner and um, call it a day. 
I know when we were um, together, we talked a little bit with you about um, how you chose your your stones and how some mm. of them were. I just had a really interesting. Um, I felt like take on it and a whole entire world I wasn't even aware of. It's kind of like you know you would seek out those kind of original, almost what would be called by some people imperfect. And oh. I thought that that was such a beautiful thing because, you know, we all come in different shapes and sizes and why do we only want the perfect diamond? And there's so many other beautiful things in the world, you know? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. So that is something that I've always been drawn to. I love the beauty and imperfection. And so I think one of um, the skills that I, that I do have is choosing um, unusual stones. So like I said, all all um, the stones that I use in my work are, you know, I try to, as best as I can, have them ethically and sustainably sourced. And then sometimes that, you know, works with stones that are considered, like, less desirable. So, for instance, I do a lot of work with Herkimer diamonds, which are actually a crystal. They're a rock crystal that are um, sourced in Herkimer, New York. And usually they're, like, a clear quartz crystal. But I love the ones that have some black inclusion. So they have like the carbon in them and they have like a full double helix shape. So they have like the two points on either end. They look like a real crystal shape. And I love the ones that, yeah, either have like a little bit of black inside or they'll have like a little, little baby crystal on the end or, you know, they're just really organic and unique and one of a kind. And so um, it's hard to even order them you know, because I have to like hand select each one because it's not something that people usually even want. But I, I find there's so much beauty in that. And then I also use a lot of gray diamonds. So um, part of the way that I try to be responsible about the stones that I use is using repurposed or reclaimed diamonds, which means they're antique diamonds taken out of antique jewelry that's no longer needed. And so they're stones that are already been unearthed and they're just sitting around in, you know, safety deposit boxes or in unworn jewelry. So I have um, a vendor who, you know, collects these sorts of stones and often they have a lot of imperfections and they look old. And for me, that is such a huge part of their beauty. I think, you know, an antique stone, an antique diamond, they were cut differently. The colors were different. They were like not nearly as perfect as diamonds new diamonds are today and I think that history and that, that sort of like vintage like they they look like they have a story and to me that is just so beautiful and so you know not only are they more ethical because we're not you know sourcing new diamonds and all that goes along with that but they're also I think have such a, a unique beauty and they're so unique like you know if you get a big white diamond and it's perfect it's going to look a lot like another perfect diamond but if you get something that's um more imperfect i think you know that is unique as we all are and i think that really sort of highlights the beauty and then um i feel like the settings that i create because they also have this handmade feel it almost gives it like a, a vintagey like an updated vintage look and and um that to me is is just more beautiful than anything that's Perfect. Fun fact, Vanessa. I was um, I was in upstate New York a couple of weeks ago, and I went into a little local jewelry shop, and they had Herkimer diamonds. And cool. you were the first the first thing that popped into my head was your name. Uh. Um, so, and it's cool because I'd never heard of them before talking to you about them. And I looked, and I'm like, oh, these are really cool. And um, and they had some that were 
you know, kind of perfect looking. And then they had some that were definitely not. And I I just had a different appreciation for it after talking to you about it. So thank you for for your perspective. I'm so glad. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's also a big part of being educated about jewelry. And I feel like with my clients, you know, when they want to come to me because they want an ethically sourced stone or they want, you know, something that's handmade and original, like you were talking about the way that you buy jewelry or like the pieces that you have. I think, you know, you don't need to spend a huge amount of money on jewelry or maybe you buy one piece that's more of an investment, but then it also like has so much more meaning and, you know, you, you're really mindful about that purchase. And I feel like that's another part of my, of my job is to really educate people about how jewelry is made, how the industry works and that how your purchases have such a strong impact because people often are like, well, what, what can I do about it? But where you put your money and what, you know, the way that you buy things has such a huge impact on the industry and like, you know, whether things are being made ethically or whether people are being treated properly, if that's something the customer and the consumer cares about, you know, eventually that sort of trickles back to the producers. So yeah, I feel like that's something that that's really powerful, you know, powerful too if you can like make really mindful choices and you know you can do that with the you know the food and and how you take care of your body and and what you put in your body I think it's also important what you put on your body and you know I think the idea that I I know you know fashion can be fun and it you know can be very expensive if you want a lot of pieces but I think if you shop mindfully you don't really need that you know how many outfits we really wear but if you invest in in the quality pieces that you know are made well, I think it makes you feel good. And I also think it has such a, a positive impact on, on the earth. Agreed. Are there any sort of um, certifications that if somebody is looking to shop for, um, for ethically sourced jewelry, like are there questions that they should ask the person from whom they're buying, aside from, of course, just coming to you because we know this to be a fact, you know, if they're, if they're in a shop and they find something that they love, how can they know (laughs) more or less like what, you know, what the history is? Honestly, it's incredibly tricky and it's something that I'm working towards. And I feel like a lot of, you know, people that I work with in my industry, like a lot of the colleagues that I, that I surround myself with, we're working to make the jewelry industry more transparent and it's really not so the problem mostly is that it's hard to know because so much it's a very old you know i i don't think it's as much like like an evil industry it's more just like super old-fashioned and it's all you know based on trust and a handshake and this sort of like i you know Many of my vendors don't take credit cards. It's all cash. Like, it's just very old school. Um, and so, you know, to have sort of these, like, certifications or, like, there's the Kimberly process, which I don't know if you've heard of, but this is um, a process that has been put in place to sort of trace diamonds to make sure they're not blood diamonds. But it's nothing is 100% sure because it's really hard to trace. And a lot of times stones will be cut at the same place and they'll just bring boatloads of stones and they're all being cut and they're not really being separated. So, you know, the Kimberly process helps and it sort of helps like separate and trace the diamonds. But 
at the end of the day, you have to really trust the vendors and they have to trust their vendors and it's sort of like a chain reaction. You know, some jewelry designers try to work with specific minds, which can be really helpful. But, you know, if you just go into a jewelry store, unless they really know the designers that they're carrying and, you know, exactly where the jewelry is from, it can be tricky. But, you know, jewelry definitely that's made locally, you know, that's made in the U.S., like if it has that sort of stamp of authentication going for it, that can really help. But there isn't really, um, you know, you can't be like, oh, I want this sort of certified jewelry. Like that just doesn't exist yet. Hopefully that is something that will happen in the future. And hopefully, you know, I think that my dream is that it's not even a question. Like jewelry is made more ethical. We can be, I mean, I don't know if that's even possible, but um, I think with, with clothes and food, like the idea of like organic is become so much more mainstream. And so eventually it'd be nice if jewelry was a stamp of like where it's made and you know, who makes it. But honestly, it's like due diligence. You have to do the research. You have to sort of look up the brand see what they stand for and then it's you know trust and uh and it's funny because I feel like the jewelry industry is a a funny place with trust like I feel like sometimes um especially when I have you know men come into my studio and they have found me so like they already are looking for something authentic and ethically sourced and and that sort of thing but you can tell that they come in with like this idea that like buying a diamond is dangerous and they're going to get ripped off and they kind of like have their backup you know and and it's because the industry has sort of failed people in, you know, some ways and has not been that transparent. But I really try to educate my customers and, you know, I want them to feel totally comfortable and like I am not in the business of ripping anybody off. Like that is 100% not something that I'm interested in doing and, you know, just making sure that they understand. And, and they also come in with all these ideas like, oh, like I need to like buy a diamond and that's like worth three months of my salary and all these like sort of the beers marketing ideas and it's like no like you should spend whatever you feel comfortable spending and whatever you know you think will express your love to the person you're proposing to and there's no rules you know you can do like whatever your budget is I will help you create something beautiful that maybe has like a moonstone or a pearl or like a stone that's different but special but within your budget. So I think there's a lot of sort of like myths out there that I'm hoping to to help dispel because yeah, I think jewelry is just something that is so special and I sort of hate that there's this sort of like I don't know, this weird element of of the rip off around it because that's definitely not uh um, anything that I want to be part of. You've given us so much today. I mean, I'm 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 really so glad you're, you made some time to be with us. You're really a great guest. Um, we're, oh, thank we're, you. We're going to start to wrap this up, but I do have a couple of questions to ask you first. But one of them is like, where can people find you? Where can they find your shop? Where can they find you online? How can they find you? Cool. So my jewelry uh, studio is in Clinton Hill in Brooklyn, New York. Yay. But I also, um, yeah, <laughs> I also sell online. So I do, um, you know, I do custom work for people all over the world, actually. So if you're not in Brooklyn, it's not a problem. So you can find me at VanessaLeanne.com. It's um, Vanessa, V-A-N-E-S-S-A, and then Leanne, L-I-A-N-N-E. 
Um, and Instagram is at Vanessa Leanne Jewelry. And there you can see some more of my custom work. And yeah, you're welcome. You can email me or get in touch. Um, but yeah, I'm always happy to sort of help guide the design and jewelry purchasing process. And then we just have one more question. We ask this of every single person that appears on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go for it. Okay. Vanessa, what was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? Ooh. That is a great question. What was I listening to? Um, let me look it up. I think it was a SZA song. And let me just see which one it was. I don't remember the name. But I was like literally just listening to it. <laughs> I'm like so bad at remembering the names of, I know the artists, but the names I'm always just like so bad at. I think Spotify uh, makes that easy. You're like, I'm just listening to music. I don't know. Right. Totally. It was like, oh, just put this album on and then like turns into another album. You're like, oh, this is good too. <laughs> Supermodel by SZA. Oh, great. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, you could find us oh. on Spotify, by the well, by, uh, by the way. Oh, awesome! Our podcast is on there. Oh, yeah. we have playlists. We have playlists oh, and playlist? we have a podcast. Yep. Oh, awesome! Okay, I mean, like, I have your podcast downloaded, tunes. but not yeah, on Spotify. that's not cool. Like, have your workout tunes and then listen to the podcast. And... Oh, that's so great to know. Okay, I will love you. Yay! Thanks for being on our show today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitfoundgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.